Section twenty four of Something Childish and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rob Marland. Sixpence by Catherine Mansfield. Children are unaccountable little creatures. Why should a small boy like Dicky? good as gold as a rule sensitive affectionate obedient and marvellously sensible for his age have moods when without the slightest warning he suddenly went mad dog as his sisters called it and there was no doing anything with him dicky come here come here sir at once do you hear your mother calling you dicky but dicky wouldn't come oh he heard right enough a clear ringing little laugh was his only reply and away he flew hiding running through the uncut hay on the lawn dashing past the woodshed making a rush for the kitchen garden and there dodging peering at his mother from behind the mossy apple trunks and leaping up and down like a wild indian it had begun at tea-time while dicky's mother and mrs spears who were spending the afternoon with her were quietly sitting over their sewing in the drawing-room this according to the servant-girl was what had happened at the children's tea they were eating their first bread-and-butter as nicely and quietly as you please and the servant-girl had just poured out the milk and water when dicky had suddenly seized the bread-plate put it upside down on his head and clutched the bread-knife look at me he shouted his startled sisters looked and before the servant-girl could get there the bread-plate wobbled slid flew to the floor and broke into shivers at this awful point the little girls lifted up their voices and shrieked their loudest mother come and look what he's done dicky's broke a great big plate come and stop him mother you can imagine how mother came flying but she was too late dicky had leapt out of his chair run through the french windows onto the veranda and well there she stood popping her thimble on and off helpless what could she do she couldn't chase after the child she couldn't stalk dicky among the apples and damsons that would be too undignified it was more than annoying it was exasperating especially as mrs spears mrs spears of all people whose two boys were so exemplary was waiting for her in the drawing-room very well dicky she cried i shall have to think of some way of punishing you i don't care sounded the high little voice and again there came that ringing laugh the child was quite beside himself oh mrs spears i don't know how to apologise for leaving you by yourself like this it's quite all right mrs bendall said mrs spears in her soft sugary voice and raising her eyebrows in the way she had she seemed to smile to herself as she stroked the gathers these little things will happen from time to time 
i only hope it was nothing serious it was dicky said mrs bendel looking rather helplessly for her only fine needle and she explained the whole affair to mrs spears and the worst of it is i don't know how to cure him nothing when he's in that mood seems to have the slightest effect on him mrs spears opened her pale eyes not even a whipping said she but mrs bendel threading her needle pursed up her lips we never have whipped the children she said the girls never seemed to have needed it and dicky is such a baby and the only boy somehow oh my dear said mrs spears and she laid her sewing down i don't wonder dicky has these little outbreaks you don't mind my saying so but i'm sure you make a great mistake in trying to bring up children without whipping them nothing really takes its place and i speak from experience my dear i used to try gentler measures mrs spears drew in her breath with a little hissing sound soaping the boys tongues for instance with yellow soap or making them stand on the table for the whole of saturday afternoon but no believe me said mrs spears there is nothing there is nothing like handing them over to their father mrs bendel in her heart of hearts was dreadfully shocked to hear of that yellow soap but mrs spears seemed to take it so much for granted that she did too their father she said then you don't whip them yourself never mrs spears seemed quite shocked at the idea i don't think it's the mother's place to whip the children it's the duty of the father and besides he impresses them so much more yes i can imagine that said mrs bendel faintly now my two boys mrs spears smiled kindly encouragingly at mrs bendel would behave just like dicky if they were not afraid to as it is oh your boys are perfect little models cried mrs bendel they were quieter better behaved little boys in the presence of grown-ups could not be found in fact mrs spears callers often made the remark that you never would have known that there was a child in the house there wasn't very often in the front hall under a large picture of fat cheery old monks fishing by the riverside there was a thick dark horsewhip that had belonged to mr spears's father and for some reason the boys preferred to play out of sight of this behind the dog-kennel or in the tool-house or round about the dustbin it's such a mistake sighed mrs spears breathing softly as she folded her work to be weak with children when they're little it's such a sad mistake and one so easy to make it's so unfair to the child that is what one has to remember now dicky's little escapade this afternoon seemed to me as though he'd done it on purpose it was the child's way of showing you that he needed a weeping do you really think so 
mrs bendall was a weak little thing and this impressed her very much i do i feel sure of it and a sharp reminder now and then cried mrs spears in quite a professional manner administered by the father will save you so much trouble in the future believe me my dear she put her dry cold hand over mrs bendall's i shall speak to edward the moment he comes in said dicky's mother firmly the children had gone to bed before the garden gate banged and dicky's father staggered up the steep concrete steps carrying his bicycle it had been a bad day at the office he was hot dusty tired out but by this time mrs bendall had become quite excited over the new plan and she opened the door to him herself oh edward i'm so thankful you've come home she cried why what's happened edward lowered the bicycle and took off his hat a red angry pucker showed where the brim had pressed what's up come come into the drawing-room said mrs bendall speaking very fast i simply can't tell you how naughty dicky has been you have no idea you can't have at the office all day how a child of that age can behave he's been simply dreadful i have no control over him none i've tried everything edward but it's all no use the only thing to do she finished breathlessly is to whip him is for you to whip him edward in the corner of the drawing-room there was a what-not and on the top shelf stood a brown china bear with a painted tongue it seemed in the shadow to be grinning at dicky's father to be saying hooray this is what you've come home to but why on earth should i start whipping him said edward staring at the bear we've never done it before because said his wife don't you see it's the only thing to do i can't control the child her words flew from her lips they beat round him beat round his tired head we can't possibly afford a nurse the servant girl has more than enough to do and his naughtiness is beyond words you don't understand edward you can't you're at the office all day the bear poked out his tongue the scolding voice went on edward sank into a chair what am i to beat him with he said weakly you're slippered of course said his wife and she knelt down to untie his dusty shoe oh edward she wailed you've still got your cycling clips on in the drawing-room no really here that's enough edward nearly pushed her away give me that slipper he went up the stairs he felt like a man in a dark net and now he wanted to beat dicky yes damn it he wanted to beat something my god what a life the dust was still in his hot eyes his arms felt heavy he pushed open the door of dicky's slip of a room dicky was standing in the middle of the floor in his nightshirt at the sight of him edward's heart gave a warm throb of rage well dicky you know what i've come for said edward dicky made no reply i've come to give you a whipping no answer lift up your nightshirt at that dicky looked up 
he flushed a deep pink must i he whispered come on now be quick about it said edward and grasping the slipper he gave dicky three hard slaps there that'll teach you to behave properly to your mother dicky stood there hanging his head look sharp and get into bed said his father still he did not move but a shaking voice said i've not done my teeth yet daddy eh what's that dicky looked up his lips were quivering but his eyes were dry he hadn't made a sound or shed a tear only he swallowed and said huskily i haven't done my teeth daddy but at the sight of that little face edward turned and not knowing what he was doing he bolted from the room down the stairs and out into the garden good god what had he done he strode along and hid in the shadow of the pear tree by the hedge whipped dicky whipped his little man with a slipper and what the devil for he didn't even know suddenly he barged into his room and there was the little chap in his nightshirt dicky's father groaned and held on to the hedge and he didn't cry never a tear if only he'd cried or got angry but that daddy and again he heard the quivering whisper forgiving like that without a word but he'd never forgive himself never coward fool brute and suddenly he remembered the time when dicky had fallen off his knee and sprained his wrist while they were playing together he hadn't cried then either and that was the little hero he just whipped something's got to be done about this thought edward he strode back to the house up the stairs into dicky's room the little boy was lying in bed in the half-light his dark head with the square fringe showed plain against the pale pillow he was lying quite still and even now he wasn't crying edward shut the door and leaned against it what he wanted to do was to kneel down by dicky's bed and cry himself and beg to be forgiven but of course one can't do that sort of thing he felt awkward and his heart was wrung not asleep yet dicky he said lightly no daddy edward came over and sat on his boy's bed and dicky looked at him through his long lashes nothing the matter little chap is there said edward half whispering no daddy came from dicky edward put out his hand and carefully he took dicky's hot little paw you you mustn't think any more of what happened just now little man he said huskily see that's all over now that's forgotten that's never going to happen again see yes daddy so the thing to do now is to back up little chap said edward and to smile and he tried himself for an extraordinary trembling apology for a smile to forget all about it to eh little man old boy dicky lay as before this was terrible 
Dickie's father sprang up and went over to the window. It was nearly dark in the garden. The servant girl had run out, and she was snatching, twitching some white clothes off the bushes and piling them over her arm. But in the boundless sky the evening star shone, and a big gum tree, black against the pale glow, moved its long leaves softly. All this he saw while he felt in his trouser pocket for his money. Bringing it out, he chose a new sixpence, and went back to Dicky. "'Here you are, little chap. Buy yourself something,' said Edward softly, laying the sixpence on Dicky's pillow. But could even that, could even a whole sixpence, blot out what had been? 1921 End of section 24